Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. As regular listeners know, our program is not political. It's all about you and me uh, waking up at middle age to our full potential for joy, satisfaction, and service to others, regardless of who may be in control in Washington, your state capitol, or city hall. But regardless of your personal opinion on last November's election, we can all agree that lots of folks, especially you women, have been suffering lately from fear, anxiety, or even bouts of depression. And my next guest, Dr. Kathleen Fry, a homeopathic physician, says she's been very busy lately with election-related ailments. To quote Dr. Fry, one woman told me she hasn't been able to stop crying Another can't sleep and tells me her nervous system is shot. And as concerned human beings, you and I certainly don't that want that for anyone, including for ourselves. But here's some good news. Dr. Fry is here to share a simple, inexpensive remedies that are readily available and really work. She's also here to introduce us to homeopathic uh, remedies to help to attain vibrant health without pharmaceutical drugs. And Dr. Kathy Fry, as she's known, M.D., she's a conventionally trained physician with an unconventional story. She's a board-certified OBGYN M.D., but it wasn't long until she discovered the limitations of conventional medicine. As she explained, I felt like I was being asked to build a cathedral with just a screwdriver and a roll of duct tape. And she began thousands of hours of additional studies and practices of alternative therapies. It culminated in 13 years on the Board of Trustees of the American Holistic Medical Association, including president from 1999 to 2001. And she has over 27 years of clinical experience in holistic healing. And she's author of the 2013 book, Vitality, How to Get It and Keep It, a homeopath guide to vibrant health without drugs, and her upcoming book due out this March, there's a remedy for that. And hello, Dr. Kathy Fry. It's indeed my privilege to welcome you to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, thank you. As a middle-aged person, I think that's exactly right. I think I'm even better now than I was in my 20s. Well, I'm sure you are. To begin, as you point out, there are a lot of uh, fear and anxiety in the USA today, especially among women and some of us men, too. Can you share with us a few inexpensive remedies that are easily available and will really work to calm our nerves? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. So for most of your readers if they have, or listeners, if you have access to a health food store that has a pretty good, if, that carries homeopathic remedies, you've probably seen these remedies. You go yeah. into the health food store and it's a, most, of, most of the time it's a display by a company called Boyron, and they're these little blue tubes, and it'll say, okay, here's a remedy for colds, a remedy for flu, a remedy for fever, and mm-hmm. my job is to teach people how to use those remedies because they're inexpensive. You get oh. 85 doses for less than 10 bucks. Oh, so wow. They're inexpensive, and they work. 
They really, mm-hmm. really work. That's so the great. key is to yeah. So the key is to figure out what remedy works based on what your symptoms are. So yeah. the idea behind homeopathy is that you match your symptoms with the information that's in the remedies that comes from provings they've done on healthy people. Oh, I see. I discussed this in my book about uh, what the origin of of homeopathy was and where it came from and how we know how it works. And super interested we can touch on that a little bit. But getting back to what you can use right now in the health food store, for example, there is a remedy in the the health health food store called Argentum Nitricum. So that's uh, spelled Argentum, A-R-G-E-N-T-U-M, nitricum. It's the only Argentum that they carry in the displays in the health food store. It's made from a mineral. It's made from silver nitrate, actually. But it's made in such a way in a homeopathic pharmacy that there's no actual material substance there. So homeopathic remedies work differently than, say, Valium or Xanax or antidepressants in that they work energetically. They work at stimulating the body's ability to heal itself by working on the vital force or what the Chinese call qi and what the Ayurvedic doctors from India call prana. So a homeopathic remedy, those little pellets that you get in those little blue tubes in the health food store, they work more like an acupuncture needle than they do like an aspirin. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, so uh, just briefly I'll tell you, uh, give you an idea how that works. So... If you're going to make this remedy Argentum Nitricum, what they do is they take the silver nitrate, it's a mineral, and they put that in alcohol or water, and they make that what's called a mother tincture. And then they take one drop of that mother tincture, and they put that in 99 drops of water, and they pound it on the Bible. Hahnemann used to pound it on the family Bible, or you can pound it on the table. And they what's called succussion, where they pound it or they shake it about 100 times. And that's oh. a 1C dilution. Oh, I see. And you take one drop of that 1C dilution and you add that to 99 drops of water and that's a 2C, and you shake it up and that's a 2C dilution. Hmm. And then you continue to do these serial dilutions, 2C, 5C, 12C, until you get to the 30C potency, which is what they carry in the health food store, meaning oh, that it has been diluted in 100 drops of water 30 times. So you can imagine by the time, actually by the time you get out to a 12C, you have less than one over Avogadro's number of molecules of substance. And if you remember Avogadro's number from chemistry, it's, you know, 6.14 times 10 to the minus 28, meaning it's 6 times 10 followed by 28 zeros. So you have one over that number of molecules of substance. So obviously there's no material substance in there. There's no molecules of the original substance. Well, how does it work then? Well, Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, discovered that when you take these remedies and prepare them in this special way by dilution and succussion, then you give those remedies to people who... uh, Let me back up a second. When you are trying to figure out, well, what remedy works for what thing... All these remedies have been tested on humans in what's yeah. called approving. So they take the 3C dilution, they dilute it out three times of the original mm-hmm. substance, and they give it to healthy people who have no idea what they're taking. Oh. And these healthy people, who are usually homeopaths, who volunteer to do the proving, yeah. they keep meticulous records where they write down every single symptom 
that happens when they start to take the substance. Because when they take the substance, it brings on a set of symptoms. And when you see those same set of symptoms that showed up in the proving that they did on healthy people, when you've seen those same set of symptoms in someone who's sick, then you know that's the remedy they need. So this remedy, Argentum Nitricum, when they gave it to healthy people, what they discovered is that people got really anxious. And they were nervous. They were uh, fearful, kind of apprehensive. This is a really good remedy for people who are anxious about the future. It's a really great remedy for people who have fear of flying. It's not oh. the only remedy, but there are several remedies yeah. who have fear of flying. But each remedy is very unique. It has a particular specific picture. And so, oh. for example, in medicine, you know, we basically give people a diagnosis, and then once we make the diagnosis, everybody gets the same medicine pretty much in the same you know, maybe with a few variations. But everybody yeah. who has hypertension gets, you know, the same certain set of drugs. We may change the drugs around a little bit, but everybody gets basically the same drugs. But in homeopathy, you can have 50 people with high blood pressure, and they each need a different remedy. Yeah, because somebody developed high blood pressure. Isn't that fascinating? And I've been doing this now um, 27 years. As a medical doctor, I have not taken a prescription drug in over 25 years. And I personally had high blood pressure myself, treated homeopathically. Uh, I had a master homeopath who (laughs) took care of me. So anyway, we'll get back to the, uh, getting back to the Argentum. Argentum nitricum is a remedy for anxiety, but it's a specific kind of anxiety. And so there's another remedy that's in the health food store called Arsenicum album. That one also has anxiety, but that anxiety is a little bit different. That anxiety is more where people are worried about their health or they're worried about other people. And whereas arsenicum is a remedy where people tend to be really, when they need it, they tend to be chilly and feel cold. People mm. who need argentum when they're, ang- when they're anxious tend to be hot. And oh. so it's, you have to, yeah. And there's about 5,000 remedies, and each remedy has a particular picture. And so yeah. that's why it took, me, it took me 15 years of studying one weekend a month Every month for 15 years to be able to have this level of skill as a homeopath. But because I loved it so much and it was so fascinating, it didn't feel like work at all. And so I incorporated that into my OBGYN practice. And pretty soon I found myself, um, I kind of worked myself out of a surgical practice because I discovered I could help women stop their bleeding without having to take their uterus out by using homeopathic remedies. So getting back to the Argentum Nitricum, If you're trying to figure out, <clears throat> all right, I'm anxious, <clears throat> pardon me, which remedy do I need? Do I need yeah. Argentum or do I need Arsenicum? Well, you read a little bit more about the remedies. And I have it in my new book that's coming out in the end of, uh, end of March. It's called, uh, there's a remedy for that, uh, how you can use affordable homeopathy to treat everyday ailments and slash your doctor bill. Because so, these remedies are cheap. So once you learn a little bit about how to use them, you know, the next time you have food poisoning, for example, you can go to the health food store and you can get this remedy, Arsenicum album. It's a remedy for anxiety, but it's also the number one remedy for food poisoning. Oh, great. And you can treat yourself without having to go to the hospital, um, but you have to know how, the remedies, how to use the remedies. And in my yeah. new book, we'll talk about that. But getting well, back to the whole thing of, oh, <clears throat> about anxiety. I was going to ask about uh, some simple stress reduction techniques that can help ease our anxiety and get a better night's sleep. But, uh, ah, like very that. good. Well, the first thing I recommend that people do 
is to take a media vacation. Shoot oh, your yeah. television. You know what? Just that shoot your television. Like a great idea. You know what? I found after the election, um, because well, I'll, you know, I'm a liberal Democrat and a woman, yeah. so you know, of course, you know who I was going to vote for. Yeah. And when Kansas went, or when uh, when North Carolina went red, I turned off the television and went to bed. And I yeah. pretty much have tried to stay away from the television since then because I find it just makes me anxious. You know, if I read the newspaper. Um, this, I wake up in a really good mood every morning because I've been doing yeah. homeopathy for myself for 25 years and I have such good energy. Yeah. I need about five and a half hours of sleep <clears throat> and I wake up refreshed. I feel really good. And the blood pressure, high blood pressure I used to have, I no longer have that. That yeah. went away without drugs, just with homeopathy. It took a few years of taking the remedy religiously, but I had a really good homeopath who managed my case and um, eventually the high blood pressure went away and I don't have it anymore. Um, so when I feel, um, I, so I wake up in the morning and I feel really good, but if I, I don't, I never watch the news, um, you know, ever in the morning. And I certainly don't watch the local news about, you know, whose house burned down and who lost their child. It was like, why do you, because what people don't realize or that we don't, we sometimes forget is that those thoughts and those things you're looking at are vibrations that are, you're putting into your own system. Your subconscious is absorbing all of that. And because we are energetic, vibrational beings, we take all of that on. And so, you know, our body's so miraculous. They know, every single cell knows how to take care of itself. You know, it's like when you you and I are sitting here and we're digesting breakfast, but I'm not thinking about it. I'm not, you know, know, I'm not thinking about, oh, I have to make bone marrow tomorrow. (laughs) And then, you know, two days from now, I need to make red blood cells, you know, that are going to yeah. last 120 days. It does it itself. And yeah. how does it do it? It certainly doesn't do it under our conscious control. Sometimes I can no. hardly find my car keys. Much remember, much less remember <laughs> I need to make air and toenails, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so you have to be careful about the vibrational things you expose yourself to. So yeah. limit your amount of television, especially if things, if you find you're watching the news and you're starting to get worried, then turn it off. Yeah, ISIS may be out there in the Middle East somewhere, but you know what? Are they in your living room? Not unless you invite them in on the television, right? Yeah. yeah and so. it's only the things that we pay attention to that are going to we really invite into our life. So yeah, what I, don't I try think to it do uh, is that matters too much in my life or yours whether General Flynn resigns from the NSA or not, which everyone's been talking about. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it may affect things in the bigger... uh, Some guy in Mm -hmm. Russia or something. (laughs) Right, and, you know, it it may be, it makes, you know, it makes a difference if the people whose job is, you know, to be, if if General Flynn was your boss, yeah, yeah, that's going to have some implication for you. But for right now, I mean, and it might have some implication down the road a piece in my life, I don't know. But right now, sitting in my house talking to you, it's like Schmin Schmin, you know? It's like it doesn't yeah. affect me unless I give attention to it. Yeah, so instead, what I did this morning is I got up and my grandson was here um, overnight, and I just got up and just spent the morning hanging out with my three-year-old grandson. Yeah, and, um, you know, doing the things that make me feel happy and joyful. And be- so you want to pay attention to your vibration. So before yeah. you go to sleep at night, don't go to sleep with your with your computer or with your phone. Oh, no. And what I like to do is usually either say my prayers or I read something inspirational, yeah. and I try to set the tone 
for when I for when I go to sleep at night because when you wake up in the morning, you know, your thoughts that you had before you go to sleep, they're pretty much on your brain when you get up in the morning. And you have control of that. You can choose what you're going to think about. Yeah. So rather than choosing that things that make us feel anxious, instead, you know, I live in Boulder, Colorado, and I look outside and it's winter time and the sun is out. The trees are completely bare. And yeah. so you can see for a long distance. It's so beautiful. And then I know in the spring I won't be able to see a thing because it will be all greenery. Yeah. And I just, I just, you know, I'm just so grateful for the person who put me on the planet and for all the things that I have. Yeah, and that's so that's what I focus on. Because, you know, there's a, a spiritual teaching that says what you focus on expands. Yeah. So if you want to have good in your life, you've got to see the good and attract more of the good. Yeah, talking about homeopathic uh, medicine, what limitations did you encounter from uh, prescribing allopathic or uh, conventional treatments like pharmaceutical drugs and surgery? I think that's fascinating how you talk about, uh, you know, how right. that treats the symptoms, but it doesn't really get to the heart of the, uh, the illness. Right. It's true. So let me give you an example. As a gynecologist, I took care of lots and lots of women, delivered lots of babies. It was really a great specialty. And one of the things that women would come in a lot and complain about are bladder infections. So in conventional medicine, the reason that you have a bladder infection is because normally the bladder, the urine in the bladder, is sterile inside your body. Most people don't realize that, but it's sterile inside your body unless you get an overgrowth of bacteria inside the bladder. Yeah. And that overgrowth of, over, over, um, growth of bacteria in women oftentimes it would come on after intercourse or yeah. in older women who are in the hospital who just had a, a Foley catheter inserted into their bladder and that puts bacteria in there. Oh, so they get, yeah. you know, they get an infection and they yeah. get symptoms where they you know, urinate frequently and they have pain and sometimes they can have blood in their urine. So in conventional medicine, the treatment is you do a culture, you figure out what the bug is that's growing in the urine, and then yeah. you give them an antibiotic, or you just kind of give them an antibiotic and hope that it covers the bacteria because <laughs> you don't have two days to wait to go. One size culture. fits all, in other words. <laughs> exactly, you know, one size fits all. And you also don't have two days to wait to, give, to get the results back from the lab when you've got somebody yeah. in front of you in pain, right? Yeah. So I start with give people antibiotics, and certain women, I would see them all the time. It's like every two months they had another infection. And then they'd send them to the urologist, and the urologist is like, well, you just have to take an antibiotic every day. And I'm like, that can't be healthy. You know, we, that yeah. just can't be good. And then they get yeast infections from that, and then they have to be on the yeah. medicine for the yeast infection. And women out there who are listening, you know what I'm talking about. I like how you call it like a losing game of whack-a-mole. It's exactly, it's like a losing game of whack-a-mole. It's exactly right. And so when I, so then when I started to become, uh, when I started studying homeopathy and I realized, oh, you know what? There are remedies that you can take and they will help you get rid of a bladder infection, but how do they do it? They stimulate the vital force. This vital force, my vital force, your vital force, it knows when you have an infection, it knows what to do. So the vital force basically says to your bone marrow, bone marrow, go and make more white blood cells and send them to the bladder to eat up the bacteria that doesn't belong there. So when you find a remedy based on somebody's symptoms, you give them a remedy that stimulates their vital force. The vital force stimulates the immune system. The immune system gets rid of the bacteria and their symptoms go away. And their symptoms go away pretty fast. Now, it takes a little bit longer for the urine to clear, 
yeah. than it does with antibiotics. But what you've done is you've succeeded in stimulating your own immune system. So the next time that, that you're exposed to that over amount of uh, that excess amount of bacteria that doesn't belong there, your immune system is now primed. And it's like, oh, I recognize this. I saw this bacteria that doesn't belong in the bladder. We saw that two months ago. I know what to yeah. do. Those white blood cells are sitting there ready to go, and your immune system knows how to ramp them up again. It, it may take, take a little, a little longer, longer. But, but it's a permanent solution instead of a temporary Absolutely. solution. Absolutely. And you don't have to take, it. you know, you're not on antibiotics the rest of your life. Okay, so there's two remedies that you get in the health food store that are good for bladder infections. One is called Staphys agria. It's made from the delphinium flower. And the second one is called cantharis. And cantharis is made from Spanish fly. Yeah. Spanish fly is the, is the substance that they give bulls in order to stimulate their sex drive when they want to have them impregnate cows, right? <laughs> so, but I'm obviously not going to give my you know, patients Spanish fly. However, <laughs> that cantharis remedy has been diluted 30 times. Yeah. So you can give them something that would, you know, irritate a bull, but you can give them, give it to them safely homeopathically because there's no molecules of that Spanish fly in there. There's just the healing yeah. power of it. Yeah, so how do you know what remedy to use if you have a bladder infection? Well, like I said, in, it's in my upcoming book. You have two women. One is 22 years old, newly married, just came back from a week in Las Vegas with her new husband. Hmm. She has a bladder infection. And then you'll also have a woman who's in a nursing home who just had a hip replacement and she had surgery. She's got an indwelling Foley catheter and yeah. she has a bladder infection. Which one do you think is going to need the Spanish fly? And which one do you think is going to need the remedy for ailments after insertion of a catheter? I would guess the second one would need the uh, the catheter. <laughs> That's right. The woman in but the that nursing home needs the remedy for I always, the catheter. You know, they always say that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, unless you bring up, and that's, I said that in my book too, so you need this remedy, cantharis, unless something, unless you brought something home that should have stayed in Vegas that didn't. <laughs> but see, that's well, what's so you... beautiful about homeopathy, what I love so much about it, is that I, you know, in any given day, I'll talk to, you know, I talked to a young woman who came back from Vegas, and she needed yeah. staphys agria, and the woman who needed can, uh, she needed cantharis, and the woman who needed staphys agria, yeah. you give them both. They need a remedy specific for that person. For the so you're treating a human being, not just a yeah. bladder infection, not just a case. Yeah, I like how you call them clients rather than patients. But uh, as a homeopathic physician, how do you go about determining the uh, one specific remedy that will restore a vibrant state of health for a particular client? I know you have a. Uh, a 45-minute consultation to start out? Is that how you, you do it? Or, uh... Yes, I do. So what you do is you take their case. So to take someone's case, basically, you they tell you the story of their life. So right. I tell them, okay, well, tell me about yourself. You know, who are yeah. you? And what I want to know specifically is kind of the times in your life where your vital force took a hit. You yeah. know, and so you can start wherever you like, and then people will tell you their life story. And in their life story is the clue to where their vital force took a hit the first time or the uh. second time or the third time and what remedy they need. And then now also when they tell you their symptoms, what foods they like. Like, for example, people who need arsenicum album when they're anxious or they have food poisoning, yeah. when you have food poisoning and you need arsenicum, 
you're really thirsty, but you need it in little tiny sips of water. Because if you have a big mm. gulp of water, boom, it comes going to come right back. Oh. But there's another remedy that you can use for food poisoning, and pe- when they need it, they want big gulps of water. So then you ask somebody when they have food poisoning, well, you know, are you thirsty? Oh, yeah, what happens when you drink water? Well, I can have a teeny tiny little sip, but if I drink a big gulp, uh, it comes right back up. Then I, that's a clue that they need arsenicum. Oh, so it's a combination of knowing what the energy or the uh, remedy picture is of, these, of each particular remedy and listening to the language of the vital force that comes yeah. from the client. So their vital force is telling me a story. Your symptoms that you have, are, are, they serve a purpose. Your symptoms that you have come from the vital force. It's a, vital, it's a message from the vital force that says, hello, the tank is not full. You know, I need help. I can't yeah. do this on my own. And so it can produce, when the vital force wants help, it produces symptoms that can be yeah. physical, mental, emotional, and for most people it's a combination of all three. And so you can use homeopathic remedies to treat acute things like food poisoning, flu, fever, babies who are teething, um, bladder infections. There's 60 remedies in the home food store, and they each can can treat a different condition. But then if you've got somebody who has, you know, high blood pressure or they have glaucoma or they have um, ADD or they have depression or they're suicidal or they, uh, you know, something more serious, then that's a chronic case, and that requires, you know, a, a professional homeopath. Yeah. That requires a consultation. Well, for all of, those, then, for all of us uh, across the U.S. or worldwide who can't get to Phoenix, how should we go about locating a qualified homeopath in our area, someone that uh, you know would sit down with us and come up with that specific remedy? for? Uh, how do you go about finding one? So basically go to the Google machine, and <laughs> you <laughs> basically go on there, and you just Google in homeopath in your community, And then what you want to see is, you know, uh, what their qualifications are. So what you want is someone who, they don't have to be a medical doctor because we don't learn medical, we don't learn homeopathy in medical school. We used to back in the, you know, at the turn of the 19th century. You know, did you know that the the Hahnemann Hospital in Philadelphia was a homeopathic hospital, that at the turn of the 19th century, a third of the physicians in the country were homeopaths. That's another story. So what you want to do is you want to find a homeopath and you want to find out and just basically kind of interview them. Ask them, okay, yeah. well, how long have you been doing homeopathy and where's your training? There yeah. are um, organizations like the um, uh, NCH, which is the um, uh, National Council of Homeopaths. There's also oh. the North American Society of Homeopaths, and oh. they certify homeopaths. There's also a small group of, of medical doctors that uh, also have a DHT behind them that, where they're doctors of homeotherapeutics, and that's a small number in this country. Oh, but, you know, if you go on Google and look and see who's around in your community, yeah. and then you kind of have to ask them because the certification for homeopathy is different. The training for homeopathy is different than conventional medicine. Oh, but, uh, and also you just kind of got to suss them out, get, an in, get, yeah. your kind of in, get a sense of your intuition. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's not the same as just going to, um, you know, your hospital and they'll give you a list of doctors. Um, no, it's but, you know, there's homeopaths around and there's homeopaths in, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a really excellent homeopath who teaches, uh, up in Canada. You know, oh. there are, so there's, you know, they're around and yeah. a lot of homeopaths like myself work via Skype or over the phone. I took oh, care I of a, <laughs> a woman who I just took care of who's a new client from Norway. 
And, oh, so um, you do accept clients all- by uh, Skype or by phone then as well as uh, I do. I do. Right. And, uh, and, you know, because I, since I don't have to do a physical exam to tell me what remedy they need, because yeah. their answer is in the story, I just need oh. to see them and hear them tell me their story. And then as a medical oh. doctor, when they have other things, I also say to my clients, okay, well, here's what you should have tested next with your doctor. Have you had your yeah. vitamin D level tested? You know, those kind of things. So I, yeah. you know, I certainly didn't throw out the baby with the bathwater when I, you know, I've, I'm always a medical doctor. And, I'm, I'm, and that's what I love about doing both is that there are times when, you know, like for my mom, you know, my mom is 85 yeah. and she yeah. just recently got out of the hospital and she needed some surgery. And, um, but she's also getting remedies to help her recover from surgery because there's great remedies for that. Yeah, there's you don't need to, to discard all the, uh, all the uh, surgery and uh, surgery and uh, conventional medicine if that's what you need. But uh, obviously, this homeopathy makes so much sense to me. But uh, well, let's yeah, talk a bit a about your uh, about your present book, Vitality: How to Get and Keep It. And you're soon to be released. There's a remedy for that. Uh, Vitality is that written uh, primarily for uh, professional medical? Uh, no, professionals no. or In lay fact, persons. No, I wrote it. I, I wrote it kind of. Um, I wrote it primarily to be like a big pamphlet to explain homeopathy to my patients. Because oh, I get so tired of hearing myself tell the same story over and yeah. over again, twelve, fifteen <laughs> times a day. Right. Um, like the end oh. of a book. <laughs> I basically say, here, read this. I kept it under 100 pages. And oh. I'm about to, re- after I finish the second book, I'm going to revise the first book. And I'm going to oh. put an index in it. But I just, you know, that was my first book. I was not, what did I know about writing, you know? Yeah. Um, just what I learned in school. But I, so I wrote it basically to explain how homeopathy works. So the yeah. first part tells my story, how I went from being an OBGYN, how I discovered holistic medicine, and then from holistic medicine, how I got to homeopathy. Yeah. And then the, the second part is um, case studies from my practice. You know, oh, people I, I took care of for various complaints, so people get an yeah. idea how home... Oh, actually, I back up. Before that, in between how I got to become a homeopath and before I got to taking care of people homeopathically, I tell the story of Samuel Hahnemann, who was the founder of homeopathy. You know, oh, there's a I, beautiful statue of Hahnemann in Washington, D.C. There's actually yeah. a monument to him, Samuel Hahnemann. I don't remember what street it's on, but... He was a German physician. He was really yeah. an amazing, amazing person. Anyway, my book, all I talk about that. The, all you listeners in the D.C. area, you have an assignment to go find that statue. <laughs> yeah, go find it. And, and then when you find it, you can email me at drkathy at drkathyfry.com and tell me, you know, what street it's on. I'd have to go back yeah. and look. I'm sure I could Google it. I could go to Google so that's, it. Uh, that's it's your more website fun for you to where... go and look it around. That's where uh, people should go to uh, find out about your new book and uh, about you. And uh, it's Dr. Yeah, Kathy it's Fry. My, my website is drkathyfry.com, and I spell Kathy. And that's just D.R. Kathy Fry, right? You don't. D.R. That's right. That's right. And so I'll, I'm in the process of updating my web, my website, and having some information about my new book. I'm really excited. I just last night with a really great book coach named Martha Bowen, and my sister Betsy, who helped me do the cover. Um, design the cover, so I've got the cover and I've tweaked the new title, and so that'll be coming out soon. It's at the editor yeah, so getting getting formatted, so I'll, I'll there'll be information about my website, and um, and if people want to get on my uh, email list, just send me an email, um, yeah. Dr. Kathy at drkathyfry.com, yeah. and I'll put you on my email list and let you know when the second book comes out. Oh, the first great. book called Vitality: How to Get It and Keep It. You can get it on Amazon. It's got a beautiful blue cover that my sister designed, oh. and um, 
that tells you about a little bit about homeopathy, and then there's a section, the third section in the back, that does a little bit about what remedies you can take for common problems. It's not as comprehensive as the second book that's coming out, but it gives you, you know, if you want to just go and try a remedy the next time you have a cold, yeah. there's a oh, remedy called Ferrum Phosphoricum. It's Good. spelled F as in Frank, E-R-R-U-M, Ferrum Phosphoricum. Get the 30C potency, and that's for a cold. When it first starts to come on, you know, you've got a little scratchy throat. Yeah. You're like, am I going to get a cold? Am I not? You know, maybe. You start that, and you take that one pellet under the tongue every four hours, and it'll mm. knock a cold right out. It just boosts oh, your immune system. That If you're living in Wisconsin or Minnesota or, like me, you're skiing in Colorado, yeah. and you're up on the chairlift all day, and it's cold, and it's windy, and at the end of the day, you're like, oh, my God, I have a headache and a sore throat. The remedy you need is aconite, aconitum oh. napellus. Okay. So I talk about those kind of things in the book, yeah. you know, just a little well, bit about what great. Yeah. Well, to conclude, personally, I've never consulted with a homeopathic physician like Dr. Kathy Fry, but uh, for 27 years she's been helping women restore their health using natural therapies specific to each client, one person at a time. And I guess you also treat us men and uh, kids. Uh, I take care of men, I take care of babies, and I've actually uh, recommended remedies for pets, too. Oh. You can use homeopathy for animals. Although I'm not a vet, and I don't yeah. claim to be, but for my clients who are like, oh, my dog is throwing up, what shall I give her? I'm like, well, let's try this. Put it in their water, and it works. Like me, aren't you dumbfounded by the pharmaceutical ads on TV that spend almost <laughs> as much time talking about potential side effects of a prescription drug as about its Absolutely. benefits? And truth of the matter is most of these drugs address the symptoms of an illness or a condition rather than restoring our long-term health. And so That's many right. people in our society are taking pill after pill, stressing right. their finances, anguishing over test results, and enduring uh, emotional distress, yet not achieving a long-term cure. And I'm not a physician, and I don't uh, in, even pretend to understand precisely how homeopathy or holistic medicine works to restore one's spiritual vital force. But from what we've learned today, it sure makes sense to me. And to get the full story, I highly recommend you preview and purchase either uh, Dr. Kathy Fry's current book, Vitality, or her upcoming book. There's a remedy for that, and you can learn more at her website. As she said, it's drkathyfry.com, and that's K-A-T-H-I-F-R-Y. And thank you so much, Dr. Fry, for opening our eyes to healthy, stress-free living. My pleasure, and I give blessings out there to every single person. Shoot your television Spend time with people you love. Yeah, now let's uh, all get over last November's election. Yes, yeah. You and I aren't going to change the world, but we can certainly change the uh, immediate environment around ourselves and our, our families yeah, and exactly. loved ones and those we work Absolutely. with. And let's move forward. Well, my mantra for, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, my mantra for 2017, love more, fear less. Yeah, amen. And to all of you out there, be well. And thank you so much, thank Dr. You. Kathy My Fry. My pleasure. Thank you so much. My guest, Dr. Kathy Fry, talked about remedies for fear and anxiety. And briefly, before we go, let me suggest a few remedies for a common cousin of those. That's worry. And most of my suggestions here come from an article by Elizabeth Bernstein in the February 28, 2017 Wall Street Journal. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Worry isn't all bad. For most of us, worrying is a form of problem-solving where we anticipate a future challenge and work out a solution before it happens. And researchers call this adaptive worrying. What I'm talking about here is chronic worrying. Are you a worrywart? Chronic worriers fret all the time about everything, often over things they can't control, like next week's weather, or over events that have already occurred, like a traffic ticket they received last week, or maybe even sillier, the outcome of last fall's election. Even sadder are pathological worriers, those whose chronic apprehension affects their functioning. I hope that doesn't include you. Well, why do some of us worry so much? Well, a new study at the University of Sussex in England tells us that chronic worriers tend to be hypersensitive to negative events or threats, perceived or real. And before they are even consciously aware of a threat, somewhere their subconscious brain focuses on it, and they sort through all the possible scenarios that could go wrong. And that makes them feel bad which they take as a subconscious clue to keep worrying because they haven't yet found an answer, maybe to a problem that won't even occur. So they just repeat the cycle. And you know, at times I'm a worrywart myself, I'll admit to that, and I'll be the first to admit that banishing excessive worry is not easy. But thanks to the Wall Street Journal article I mentioned before, here are some possible ways to teach yourself not to overly worry. First, start with a reality check. When you start worrying, ask yourself, are potential consequences serious enough to continually worry about this? Especially important, for God's sake, don't worry over something that already happened or over which you have absolutely no control. That's just downright silly and destructive, isn't it? Second, tell yourself a better story. You know, in worry, we tend always to focus on the worst-case scenario, But by thinking about more positive potential outcomes, we can free our minds to find solutions. That's a great idea, isn't it? Third, make a plan. Sit down and write out in detail how you will deal with the situation. Even if the worst-case scenario occurs, how will you deal with it? You know, once you have a plan, you feel like you're in control and in charge. You're not just a victim. And here's a great idea also. Four, set a time limit. You know, often before on this program, I've suggested that you limit worry to 60 minutes a day. Heck, whittle that down to 15 minutes. You can worry all you want 15 minutes a day, but not in the other 23 hours and 45 minutes, and certainly not while you're trying to sleep at night. And here's a fifth idea. Inside your head, yell shred. Picture your worries going through the paper shredder. Heck, if you want to yell it out loud, do so where no one else is around. But uh, shredding those worries mentally might be a great idea. And perhaps the best idea of all is distract yourself. Go for a walk, go to the gym, listen to your favorite music, watch a good TV program, or read a book. You know, it's hard to focus on the negative when you're enjoying yourself. And, you know, sometimes when you're out for a walk and you're not thinking about it, a solution will automatically come to your mind. That's happened to me a number of times. Above all else, if you must worry, worry constructively about realistic future possibilities and prepare yourself mentally to deal with them. Constructive planning or constructive worrying can give you the confidence you need. Like the Boy Scouts say, be prepared. And speaking of planning... 
for a comprehensive step-by-step roadmap to midlife renewal, including 21 extensive self-help exercises, I invite you to our website, middleagerenewal.com, and to preview my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. I genuinely promise you that that will help get you on the road to the life and the second half of life you really deserve and you really want for yourself. And that's it for today. Tune in next week when my guest will explain why you may want to start, uh, may want to stop trying so hard to please others. And that's it for today on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com.